This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm in here with an old friend, somebody who's been on the podcast multiple times, except today we don't have a bunch of fucking assholes to interfere in our conversation. <laughs> Normally we got like Bangs or Mike or Andy Milanakis Fousey. or Fousey. <laughs> now it's just us, man. I was just on the way here, I was just talking about how I've been in three different No Jumper studios. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you That's move true. around. Yeah, and there was actually another one from before we even did the first one. Yeah, we've been moving around. Yeah. This one, this one's permanent? No. No, you're going to move again? Yeah, we're going to buy something new pretty soon, I think. But I'm torn between the idea of buying an office building out here in the valley or getting a store right in the middle of shit near Supreme and all that shit and just Dude. having a store and then doing content in there, but then also having another space to do content because I think it would be hectic to do all our content and something that's like right on front street you know when everyone knew where the no jumper studio and stuff was i mean you had a lot of activity like oh, yeah. a ton of activity and there were so many stories that you didn't plan for just so many things that took place and remember when the dude stole your cat allegedly just yeah. so much Kid boo yeah so much weird shit yeah and i feel like uh i feel like you should do that again it was amazing but then it's, it's like you know, it's like it's a, it's a balance between the excitement of like anything could happen, but then the bad part is like, oh, anything could happen, including a guy putting a gun in your face and all oh, these yeah. crazy fights. And like, I mean, somebody got killed right there the other day. We're not even there anymore. Yeah. And a fucking employee at the shoe store got fucking murdered on the street. Over what? Uh, allegedly over a raffle. Jeez. Sneaker raffle. That's insane. You're at an interesting point in your life because like the whole time that me as a fan of drama alert and everything the whole time i've been aware of you we've always kind of just viewed keemstar as somebody who chose to live off in the hill you know and is far away from everything else you know not really interested in being like a part of everybody's social circles and shit like that in his basement or whatever filming a show happy to be away from everything and now we're getting like a, a taste of a new style of keemstar well, every time I come to LA, I'm very social. I'm, That's true. You know, I'm and then we get to see that side of you. Then, and then you go right back to Buffalo, and you're back to being a, a you know insulated person. I feel like the reason why it's such a shock this time is because of the fucking pandemic. You know, well, we mm -hmm. had two years where I didn't come to LA at all. You know? Right. But the two years before that, you probably didn't really leave your area that much in general, right? Like three times a year, I'd be here. Yeah. Right. But. No, I mean, I, I love it. Like, I really, really uh, needed a vacation with everything. You know, my life has changed quite a bit recently. Right. And, uh, dude, I just, I don't know. So you becoming single Keemstar, mm -hmm. just brewing for a long time. Like, like, w what was it that was changing that was sort of forcing this to be the case? 
I felt like uh, me and uh, my ex-girlfriend or whatever, we just, we're more friends, you know, than, mm. you know, like a relationship type thing. And, uh, you know, it was just growing apart. And, I, you know, I had to look at my life and analyze it. And I'm like, okay, so we're doing this for our kid. Mm. We could still be friends. We could all still live in the same house. I got two separate houses. I can give one to my ex-girlfriend so she can have her own life. I got my this extra house for me where I can have my own life. We could just break up. Mm. And so we had a conversation about it. Uh, she wasn't much of a fan <laughs> of the idea at first, <laughs> but like... You know, she's coming around to it, and, you know, I needed to be single. Because it must be crazy to have a fucking 12-year-old, where, like, you know, at some point, as a parent, you transition from thinking of your kid like a baby to thinking, like, okay, my kid is, like, kind of an adult now. They're going to be okay. Like, maybe the me being with their mother doesn't 100% matter in the same way that it did at first. Well, it was really important for us to all stay in the same house, like have a house that we all share together and the family doesn't like break up. Right. Like that was the main focus. And I feel like we've we've accomplished that, you know. Right. Is your kid upset about this situation at all? No, she no. Really, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Maybe she's just not, you know, explaining it or talking about it. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. She's just happy that we're all still together. Is your kid like a, a Minecraft kid? Or oh, yeah. Oh, Roblox yeah. Roblox kid? Roblox. Really? All those? All those things. Every single day, her and her friends, they get together and they're online playing video games. Wow. That's yeah. so, every time I hear that, even though it shouldn't surprise me, it still kind of shocks me that that's just like the normal way of being for America's youth. I mean, even when I was younger, but I mean, I guess I was like 20 or whatever, uh, it was Halo, you know, yeah. me and my boys, we got together and played Halo. But yeah, it's so different from how we grew up, right? Because we, right. we would play, you know, backyard football or basketball or whatever. Like, you know, we had our own things, but kids nowadays, they'll spend all day on a video game. And I remember playing like Diablo 2 on like on my mom's dial up and playing, you know, against other people and sort of realizing like, oh, this game is already boring to me playing against myself on the PC. But as soon as I did the multiplayer shit, I was just like, Oh, fuck. And then I actually think I got kind of lucky because my mom took the internet away for a couple years after that. So I was able to sort of like become more of a fun fully functioning human being without, because I honestly, at that moment in my life, I was just like, I am doing this every day, all day. Like this is the only thing I'm interested in is just gaming hard. Well, even to this day, the video games I want to play are online where we're, mm -hmm. I'm playing with real other players, you know? Uh, I don't know what it is, maybe like, this really is a simulation, you know? <laughs> but that's what I keep thinking about so much with like, just the more I learn about NFTs and this upcoming metaverse world. And I've, I, you know, I've really started to draw the line between me being into Pokemon Go and like the NFT, like NFTs are their own social network that is yet to be really fully developed, I believe. Interesting. Are you into the NFT thing or no? <clears throat> You're skeptical, even though you've seen your co-host Faze Banks make like millions of dollars yeah. this month off of it. I'm not skeptical. I I know it's a great investment or whatever, but I just don't know enough about it. But Faze Banks said something that makes so much sense to me. He goes, "Listen, as video games keep getting better and better and better, we're going to have different video games that are like simulations, where virtual reality you actually live in the video game." Right. 
when we get to that stage, how cool is it that you're going to have, a, I think they're called cyberpunks, like an original cyberpunk in your digital mansion hanging on the wall and it's fucking real and you get to show your friends and, you know, so I understood that aspect of it because we're definitely going in that direction. I spent $160,000 on a punk. When? A couple of weeks ago. It was, it, it was $80,000 like two days before we bought it. You're up, right? Not so much. It's pretty much flat. Banks tried to get me to buy a $40,000 one. This is a it's while ago. It's probably a half a million now. It's like, like a half a million now. I fucked up. Yeah. I, I didn't jump on it right away. Yeah, but I mean, it feels like... I mean, you could have said that 10 times over the past year about Dogecoin. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked up that I didn't buy that dip. Well, it's, it's so insane. I keep saying, like, there has to be a crash, right? There has to be a dip. Mm. And I get pushback on that, but I'm like, is there anything that's always constantly went up? No. Mm. In any market? And I mean... There might be a few, but... I'm way skeptical of a lot of the NFT projects, but I do think that when it comes to the punks, like there there will be certain NFTs that are just the cream of the crop and they're just viewed as like, that's the top tier NFT to have. And especially like you can fractionalize the NFTs and, and buy like a, a little tiny percentage of a punk now. But, you know, I think that like, certain nfts are just going to hold value because they're going to seem like the most important thing but th this is a point i heard made though is like if at a certain point there becomes other nfts that seem much much more valuable than the punks like the example that they gave was if there's a dallas cowboys nft mm -hmm. then that will probably be like dramatically more coveted and valued than the punks and that would actually hurt the punks if there are just other and it's kind of abstract because it's hard to imagine like why the fuck would a football team be an nft right we're probably losing a large percentage of our audience right now but <laughs> i, I mean it's just like okay that, that's I, what i think i think punks will always be the most valuable because they were the first right mm. they were developed i think end of 2016 early 2017 yep. this is way before anyone could even imagine an nft right right and i think that's why they'll always hold their value and they're fucking cool like mm. you know i should have jumped on it i fucked up yeah but do you were you were you a bitcoin guy you get much money off of bitcoin yeah you did yeah i bought i bought some in 2012 at seven dollars and fifty cents and i did very well really but i got out at 2500 Oh, and shit. then in 2017, it went all the way up to twenty thousand dollars. Wow! So I missed I missed a big jump. Yeah, but I but I got a big jump too. So right, but you uh, I mean you you were independently pretty well off before. Is it, let me ask you that: Is it hard to give a fuck about YouTube money and stuff once you get to the point that you kind of feel like making five grand off a of video is not going to really change anything, or is not going to really even change how you feel about how you did that month? I don't know. I look at everything like a video game, right? Mm. So the money, it's not, um, the, oh, I need this money. It's like, I want to get that money up. You know what I mean? I want to mm. get the high score. I want to get the views up. I want to, I look at everything that way. I think you have to, if you want to be successful. That's really smart. That is how you have to think of it. You can't, you can't like get bored enough to not care about your video. You know, if, if it's between your video making 10 grand and 12 grand, it's like, mm -hmm. you need to actually care about getting 12 grand instead of 10 grand. Like I'm on vacation right now and I don't need to get back to, to make money. I, you know, I don't, um, but I have this anxiety like, oh, my numbers are down because I haven't uploaded in a week. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like you have to have that in social media to keep driving you because you can get lost in the sauce. I mean, we see it all the time. These small YouTubers, they are young YouTubers, excuse me, they start getting their bags and they start just oh, yeah. fucking around, partying, whatever, and they stop focusing on their fucking career, and next thing you know, it's gone. Mm. 
for years you had scarce as your muse pushing you to to do as good a job as possible because you had a little young attractive whippersnapper barking at your heels yeah now i don't know what the motivation is the t channels making sure deaf noodles doesn't take your spot <laughs> i don't think they ever will <laughs> there's so much competition with all them i mean there's so many of them it's insane right but what is your read on that like does it ever make you feel like what is the position like what is drama alert's role when you have five million other channels who are basically trying to do the same sort of thing i don't think any of those t channels or drama channels are seen as like fellow youtubers amongst mm. the stars if you will uh, and I feel like I am like I have access to literally everyone, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't think anyone's going to get to the point where they do have access like I do. It's interesting because that was one thing that I recall you saying was that Deaf Noodles was kind of fucking the game up because all these stories that you would be working on developing so you could give the full story at the end of the day on Drama Alert. If you have somebody who's got a big following and they're just sort of blasting out all these stories all the time, all day on Twitter. You know, that, that could help somebody build up their name, but then also, like, you know, it, it's tougher to monetize when all these stories are already fully fleshed out on Twitter throughout right. the day. Well, he was putting out a lot of misinformation, too. <laughs> I mean, how many times did Deaf Noodles, like, put out a story that was just blatantly wrong or false? And I don't know. That's pretty crazy, though. They has Twitter taken down and decided to basically ditch the Deaf Noodles persona on YouTube. I wish I knew more behind the scenes of what happened because it, it, it feels from the outside looking in the dude like like a hitman squad on the Internet went after him to take him out. Right. And he hurried up and got scared and changed his whole persona. Like what? Like, what happened? like losing the Twitter just shocked him so much that he just was like, you know what? This whole thing is a bad idea. Yeah. Have you seen his new content? I saw the video about not being Deaf Noodles anymore, but I didn't see any of the new videos. It's that so time. weird when he's talking and he's just him and he's like calm and I, I don't know what that is. I can't believe people are still watching him. You don't consider what you're doing on Drama Alert to be a character? Oh, I would say, I, you know, I mean, I'm talking right now like just normal, but mm -hmm. when I'm on there, I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Like when I first saw Drama Alert, I remember that like really standing out to me is like, the, like the intro. <laughs> It was like the craziest <laughs> thing that like, you know, their first few times watching Drama Alert, that is just like the whole thing. It's like, what the fuck is he doing? What is this crazy opening? <laughs> and like, then you kind of get used to it. It doesn't seem like anything, but it's weird actually when you go back and you watch Drama Alert from three, four years ago, your delivery is so much more like a normal person and so much less like you're this like <clears throat> carnival barker auctioneer <laughs> dude who's just like selling you on watching this video till yeah. the end and liking and subscribing and ringing that bell you know it's it's crazy when you look at anyone's older content how much they changed and how much mm. they learned and how much they've grown and I think on Dromler, I, I guess my main focus always is do not click off this fucking video. Mm -hmm. You're going to watch this to the end. And I've been able to maintain about 70, 75% retention on a 10 minute video. They'll watch for seven minutes, mm -hmm. seven minutes, 30 seconds. Um, and I, that's always been the goal. You frustrated with YouTube, not necessarily like pushing your channel or allowing it to grow the way that, you know, maybe it allows other channels to grow. I think drama channels as a whole, mm -hmm. I think we all got hit pretty hard. And I, I heard, you know, um, that, you know, YouTubers were complaining that, you know, on YouTube you would search like, let's say Adam 22 Keemstar, whatever, and they wouldn't get our videos. They would mm -hmm. get some drama story about us. 
And I feel like YouTube did something to like nuke all that and like hide our content. Mm. And uh, really when you're searching that name, get the actual creators who name that is like up to, to the whoever's looking for it. And I think that's what really slowed down Drama Alert. That's interesting. Cause when I think about the early days of No Jumper interviews going viral, so much of it was like, you're watching a music video from an artist and then it just starts playing an hour long no jumper interview with them right and i don't feel like that happens as much now where i feel like if you're watching a music video the algorithm thinks you want to watch more music videos so it might show you an interview in the sidebar sometimes right but they're not going to just like like so many people told me that they found out about the suicide boys interview just because it auto-played after them listening to that on YouTube. And, and you know, it makes sense. It's just the algorithm figuring out like what's going to be the better viewing experience. How, how YouTube worked in like 2017 was perfect. Mm. And I feel like it's slowly changed into this way where, I don't know. I mean, they have, you know, robots and codes or whatever. And, you know, YouTube is sending people videos that they want to see but it, mm. do they really want to see that type of stuff i mean how many times are you being recommended stuff that you don't care happens to me all the time but do you ever go onto an account that you haven't watched thousands of videos on and see what it recommends you and see how much less personalized to your interest it is because you my youtube will tell me about random shit that sort of links back to something that i'm like 0.01 percent interested in but it'll be a video that's really viral in that realm like they yeah. know they, like it knows that i don't want to watch every skate video but it knows that if there's like skate videos that are doing really well that i'll watch it I, you know? I feel like recommend it on YouTube puts everybody and in their, in their interest and everything in a bubble and you don't get to explore and get out of that bubble. Cause like when I go on YouTube, my recommend it is always like, I don't know, history documentaries, stuff that mm -hmm. I'm interested in and whatnot, like Joe Rogan clips, yeah. stuff that I'm actually interested in, but it's not allowing me to just discover some new shit. Like mm. I really miss the old system. Yeah. There should be a separate tab for just exploring. Yeah. They probably thought about that. There, it, there probably is one. <laughs> probably is, we just don't click it. Well, there's the trending tab, which we've all kind of ceased uh, to give a shit about. It's the worst. Anyway. So, okay. Let's rewind a little bit. You are newly single. You become newly single. Mm -hmm. And then how are you considering how you're going to meet girls from there? Because that, you know, you had what, like a decade where you weren't trying to meet new girls. Right. And you were always a loyal guy. I never. I don't remember you ever talking about cheating or anything. You probably would have kept a secret if you were, but. Yeah, I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good guy. No, I mean, I was single for a day. A day? <laughs> Something like that. A very, very short period of time. And I don't know. I just, I met this girl. Um, she came over. I was like washing my ATVs, right? She came. <laughs> As you do. I had a, a, a get together or whatever at the house and she came to pick up some stuff. She left her bag there or whatever. How'd you even know her in the first place? I just had a few people over, a few friends, whatever. In and the Buffalo cool guy scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ATV scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, she left the bag there and she came to pick it up. Like, you know, we're somewhat, I guess, friends, you know? She came to pick up the, the bag that she left and when she came, like the sun, I, I'm washing my ATV, right? The sun is shining on her. She's like fucking glowing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I had no interest in this girl at all. And I'm like, I don't, I want this girl to go ATVing with me, right? So uh, I was like, you wanna go ride side by side? She's like, no, I gotta go to work, da 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 da. So she leaves, like, quick hug. She was there for like, I don't know, a minute or something. Right. And I'm like, man, I wanna hang out with this girl. So 
um, she started texting me and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I gotta go to work. I wish I would've went ATVing. I don't wanna go to work right now. I go, when do you get off? And so she got off of work later that night and we hung out and we just fucking hit it off. Right. Yeah. To anyone, this is my main thing. When anyone says like, oh, it's weird, you might be dating a 20 year old. I said, you know, Keemstar is one of the more immature people that I know. <laughs> but true so it doesn't really shock me that much <laughs> but true that's so true and right. i'm not trying to be mature you know right at all I your don't whole brand be. doesn't really allow for that like okay if let's say that you privately <clears throat> secretly like like myself i'm extremely interested in what's going on in afghanistan yeah i don't necessarily think that all the time that i've spent watching documentaries or reading about afghanistan is really something that i'm trying to bring to this platform it's not really useful when I'm talking to a rapper or I'm talking to, you know, whoever, like, it's just not really, it's not the kind of stuff that I'm covering on my channel. I'm not like hugely incentivized to know about it. And if you were to pivot drama alert into being like, today we're talking about the drama in Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I mean, you know, it's not where you're yeah. at. I just wish people would, um, you know, the ones that are hating and talking shit, look at it from my perspective. Like all my friends are in their twenties. Everyone I communicate with is in their twenties. Like mm -hmm. my whole world is people in their twenties, right? right? Or early thirties. Um, so Late I 30s. have, I'm 37, buddy, but I have more in common and the same for you. You have more in common with people in their twenties than your own age group, right? Oh, yeah. You have more to talk about. You have more that you relate with. So, I mean, it's just, it's really been quite natural. And also my girls like into like older movies, like movies that I grew up with, like Jaws and shit like that. You know, she feels like these new movies She's nowadays. Soul. Yeah. She feels like <laughs> these new movies now are complete dog shit. There's not real acting. Like the acting has went down fucking hill with these new movies and how they're put together where it just switches scene to scene to scene. Mm. If you're watching an older movie from like the eighties or whatever, the camera will stay still and you'll watch real acting. It's not that fucking switch the camera, zoom in, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so just shit like that, we relate on that. And then like, I really love like old, old classic fucking like rock and roll and shit like that. I love jamming out and fucking drinking to shit like that. She's in that type of shit. I don't know. There's just a lot of common stuff that right. we, we really link up on. Have you, have you considered that maybe since she's like the first girl that you met since you're newly single, that you might have the rose tinted goggles on and that you might be like sort of perceiving her as being greater than she really is. I've been there where you're in a relationship for a long time, you get single and all of a sudden I walk into the bar and every fucking girl in there is the most beautiful thing I ever seen. The first one that gives me a drop of attention. I'm, oh yes, you're so funny. You're so perfect. Maybe we should move in together. Maybe we should have children. Adam, I was so excited to be a fucking slut. I couldn't wait to be a fucking whore. I was right. so excited. Really? And it all got ruined. I don't know. I mean, yeah, could you see yourself kind of going the Vitaly route or something and just really like just getting ripped and just being like hog out on OnlyFans? Well, I'm going to be 40 next year and I feel like the biggest flex is, you know, because, you know, people have been calling me fucking old man and 40 and grandpa, 40 year old virgin. I am going to flex a six pack on my 40th birthday. That's the goal. That's your goal. Yeah. Three yeah. years seems or, or no. How long you have? You have a year or I have less than a year. March 8th. I have three 2022. years. 2022. Less than a year, March 8th, okay. And dude, I've always said like for years, like when I turn 40, I'm quitting the internet, I'm done, I'm retiring. No, I'm not, not now. No. I feel like I'm fucking 20 now. Right, <laughs> yeah, why would you give up? Yeah. I mean, but you've always kind of battled that. I remember when you were talking about like, 
I want to bring in young blood for drama alert because sometimes I feel like me reporting on all these 12 year old TikTokers is kind of weird. I need to bring in like, like, have you thought more about that since you made that statement, like building out more of a team or a media company type vibe? Cause like drama alert as big as it's gotten is still kind of is like, okay, it's Keemstar and he's in this room and he's telling you what's going on. Like if I, I have to do that if I ever plan on selling my brand, right? Mm, yeah. I, I have to hire people. I have to expand. I have to make it bigger. I think the thing that's holding me back is uh, I can pretty much do it all by myself still. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do my own editing. I, I make my own videos. I, I don't know. I think that's the biggest thing holding me back is I look at the overhead of all that and I'm like, eh, I don't want to spend that money. <laughs> yeah. But in the, in the long run, like, I, I mean, no jumpers very much like kept afloat by me doing all these interviews. I could spend more of my time just working and I feel like we're getting better at this, but like developing more hosts, developing more shows, like that's kind of more of the long-term vision, but it's tough because it's like, I only have so much time because I'm also doing like five, six, seven interviews per right. week, you know? I think I'm getting to the point where, you know, I want to get out of the house more. I want to do more things. Mm. And so now would be a good time to like start bringing on staff, maybe bring on an editor, stuff like that. But I don't know. I like editing my own videos. I like mm. having control of literally everything. So. And one of the biggest things you have going with Drumler is that when you click one, you just know that it's going to be a bunch of like at least pretty relevant shit. That it's, it doesn't feel like every day you just cram it because it would be cool if it was drama alert every day right but then also like you kind of know the quality would go way down and i know like because i'm talking about so many in in, in one drama alert, sometimes i have 10 stories in 10 minutes right? right like it's like it's insane and i know i'm gonna tell the audience a story that they're not interested in at all mm -hmm. and you know the goal is always like how do I how do I relate this and how do I make this interesting uh, to an audience member that doesn't give a flying fuck about this person? Like, mm. the hardest challenge for me recently is to talk about TikTokers on YouTube because the fucking audience, the YouTube hardcore YouTube audience, does not give a flying fuck about Charlie D'Amelio. Even they if, don't, if they got a hundred million followers on TikTok, it doesn't matter. They still don't give a shit. They don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. Uh, and so to be able to weave that in and navigate that, I mean, it, it's been challenging, but you know, somehow, some way, we're pulling it off. Like we did the Bryce Hall interview, and shout out to Bryce Hall, good guy. But on YouTube, it maybe got a quarter million views. We had maybe 10 different clips on the TikTok that all might have done like four or five million views each on Damn. TikTok. So let's think about that. Like, that's fucking crazy that we did a piece of content that did fucking whatever, fine, okay numbers on YouTube and did explosively huge growth wise on, on TikTok for us. Think about all these TikTokers that have like four or five, 10 million followers. Mm that no one knows. No. You've never heard of them. All the time. <laughs> it's you'll, you'll meet somebody, three million TikTok followers, and it, it's like they don't even really have the pretense of being famous that you're kind of used to with YouTubers, where if you've got three million YouTube subscribers, everyone who has three million YouTube subscribers that you know has like a little bit of an ego or they feel a little famous. I've met TikTok dudes who are like, yeah, I got like three million on TikTok, but it's like, they know that nobody fucking cares and outside a, of this little world. And a lot of times they're struggling. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm working at McDonald's. You know, I got 4 million followers on TikTok. Like they're struggling because people haven't really figured out how to monetize it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Do you yeah. feel like you've done enough on TikTok? What, how, how are you doing on there? This is my TikToks for for fun, Just right? For you. It's not a, yeah. it's not like oh, I need to get views, I need to get followers, but I should focus on it. I mean, shit, I've been watching Fousey Tube 
hit every single like Instagram, Snapchat, fucking TikTok, uh, YouTube shorts. Like that, that man is a fucking machine and he like really understands social media and he's been fucking crushing it. Right. Like fucking millions of views on his, uh, on his TikTok and shit. And it's like, man, I need to be more like that, but yeah. I just can't find the, the fucks to give. <laughs> yeah. Cause like when you have this one thing that you're just funneling all your energy right. into, like with me, with the interviews, like I know I can make YouTube videos about different topics and rap and stuff and I've done it. I know that I could do, you know, all kinds of vlogs and like going to different places and making videos and stuff. But when you're doing enough podcasts as I'm doing, it's just kind of at a certain point. It's like, bro, I don't have enough fucking energy to do this many interviews and then go run around all day trying to get a good vlog going. You know, right. it's like at a certain point, you kind of got to just throttle yourself a little bit. I mean, I I have a lot, you know, I have the I have Drumler and then I have the podcast, yeah, and, yeah. you know, multiple different fucking companies and things that I'm fucking working on. It's like I just I, I don't have time for every little fucking thing. I've been trying to be more active on TikTok, Instagram, all that. Right. But, you know, I'm not like Trisha where I can just fucking sort of bark into my phone all day and just get millions of views over and over. And it just it's like the most natural thing in the world <laughs> to her to just unleash her thoughts all Dude, day. It's insane. Uh, you know, Trisha came on our podcast. I did see this. It, it caused a big controversy. And after the fact, her and Ethan were fighting, and she made 25 TikToks, 25 of them. Each one of them bracking up like a half a million fucking views. Right. Like, and it's just, it's insane. Like, how? <laughs> it seems like such a bizarre place for it. Like, isn't that, if you're going to make, if you want to talk for that length, shouldn't you just make a YouTube video, which she does? I fuck frequently? with it. I actually respect it. Um, cause she does, she makes her YouTube video right now. Her YouTube, uh, isn't doing that well because the H3H3 fans are going and slapping dislikes on it and everything else. And really? yeah, they go there, they slap a dislike and leave and it fucks you up on the algorithm or whatever. So she goes to TikTok where she can just vent all that fucking out in 25, you know, videos and people actually watch and listen. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Um... Okay, so how do you feel about basically this argument? Like, I mean, do you still feel like you're sort of like relishing in this W of you getting H3HD's videos taken down? Yeah. I, Is that pretty much how this happened? Did you reach out to YouTube and say, look at these videos, they're harassing me, they're inappropriate, they're clearly going through the term of service, like something should be done about this. Well, what my enemies keep saying is that I flagged his videos. I didn't flag, I didn't go through YouTube and click the little flag and this is why I'm reporting. No, I didn't do any of that. I uploaded a video and I tagged Susan, the CEO, and I tagged Team YouTube and I said, this is fucking bullshit. Mm. Because YouTube came to me and they're like, you can't send horse pictures at Ethan. Mm. All right, you got to stop this or we're going to kick you out of the fucking YouTube partnership program. Right. And listen, guys, I, I know everyone's going to say, oh, you were doing that to imply that, you know, his wife looks like, no, I heard he liked horses. I was sending him pictures of horses. I'm allowed to do that, right? Why are you saying this as if anyone's <laughs> going to believe you? Apparently I can't, though. You know, YouTube's like, no, stop. So, okay, I stop, right? 
Um, and the, the entire time, this motherfucker's making videos about me nonstop and just right. getting nowhere. Keemstar's this. He uploaded a video, and the title of the fucking video was Should We Deplatform Keemstar? <laughs> like, it's just been a nonstop attacks from this guy. Uh, and I feel like he got frustrated because he's not getting results. I mean, his whole argument is Keemstar's a bad guy, Keemstar's an asshole. That's already my reputation. Like, mm. are, are you changing any minds with that? I don't think so. Right. Um, and he's getting nowhere and he's getting frustrated and he's just saying shit about me that is so fucking over the top and I have a muzzle on me. I can't fucking troll him. I can't bully him. I can't pick on him back. Because remind us before, what what happened that, what, what video did you get removed or what? how were you punished on YouTube for something you said about him initially? Oh, this is so stupid. I uploaded a video um, which was... Um, Oh my God! Now I can't remember. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, uh, starts with a G. Uh, what is his name? Ah, uh, that's driving me insane. Anyhow, somebody made this big exposed video on H three H three, and it was really good. And uh, it got taken down by YouTube because there's a scene where they have shotguns and they kill oh, like a right. fake Ethan I or whatever. This, yeah. So I re-uploaded that to Dromler and we edited that whole scene and replaced the guns with plungers and oh. made it like this funny like skit thing. And YouTube still said, oh, this breaks the YouTube's terms of service. We're taking it down, da 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 da. They gave me a warning. And ever since then, you know, I've been on thin ice with YouTube. Like I've had to behave. I mm. cannot bully and, you know, talk shit about fucking Ethan. And I really haven't been. Just cause you're scared to get another strike? Well, they told me I can't. <laughs> They they, right. they told me we're, we're going to kick you out of the. I mean, this could result in you getting kicked out of the partnership program if you send pictures of horses at him. <laughs> like that's what they told me. Right. So I just play by YouTube's rules. Obviously, this is whole, my whole identity and fucking career. And at the same time, this motherfucker is going off, fucking nonstop. And it's like, why is there two sets of rules? He uploaded. Listen to this. He uploaded a video. He had this fucking Keemstar puppet, right? He uploaded this video and he's like fucking the Keemstar puppet. This is on YouTube. I'm like, what? You can't fucking do that on fucking YouTube. Right. Like, what is this shit? And then recently he uploaded a video and was like, yeah, Keemstar's got a little dick or something. His dick doesn't work. Also, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, what the fuck? Ethan Klein publicly said on his podcast that he's on antidepressants. And the side effect is his dick doesn't work. Right. Do you know how I would love to fucking go off on that? I would have a million bits on that, but I can't. But he's saying this shit. I mean, think about like if I were to upload a video saying a female creator has a loose pussy. It's it's like throwing a fucking hot dog down a hallway. Like my channel's gone. Like yeah. what the fuck? You can't do this shit. So, you know, I got frustrated that there's a different set of rules for Ethan Klein. So I made this Twitter video complaining. But then like after like a couple hours, it was starting to like go viral, my Twitter video. After a couple hours, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of getting on good terms with YouTube. I want to maintain that. So I deleted the Twitter video. And uh, then out of nowhere, they fucking took action like three days later. Right. What, what was the thing that went over the line? Was it basically saying that the relationship between two consenting adults was equivalent to pedophilia i think he was i think it just resulted in like bullying harassment like you can't fucking be talking about oh this guy's dick doesn't work he's got a little dick like you right. know there's just shit that wouldn't fly in anyone else's channel yeah and what's weird about it is that you you know because we've been paying attention long enough to have seen h3's career unfold and you know early on a lot of those videos that he was making i guess i could see that some of those would maybe not fly in this day and age where right. but but not so much you know when like, he was like picking on like pickup artists and stuff like that i mean that seemed like it was genuinely funny and it wasn't really like mean-spirited then you see him with frenemies that 
it sort of like slowly became their thing that it's like, okay, we're going to really zero in on each person that's being canceled each week because there's yeah. no shortage of people that are getting canceled, whether it's James Charles or Keemstar or whatever. We're going to really focus in on that. And that, you know, that's not going to get you kicked off the platform because that's seen as righteous and you're, you know, calling attention to right. abuse and stuff like that. But then with you, it's like, it's kind of bizarre that they didn't necessarily realize that they were just the content was essentially just becoming like bullying <laughs> yeah. and you know, cause it's one thing if you're really like calling out someone doing something wrong, it's another mm. thing when you're basically like assuming the game star has no dick. And, and, and look, dude, what I want in a perfect world is take the muzzle off me. Nobody gets strikes. Let me bully and harass this guy. Let me troll this guy to the end of the earth, but I can't do it. So why, how long do I have to fucking sit here with a different set of fucking rules with a muzzle on? But like, even like, you can't say what you feel like saying about him on Twitter because YouTube will see that as basically being like you taking that. It's not even on YouTube, right? you know? And there's been times over this year and a half where you know, I should have did a drum alert on, on H3H3. Like he legitimately fucked up, did something, was a hypocrite, whatever, right? There's a story there. And I didn't even cover those stories on drum alert because I didn't want to fucking get in trouble with the YouTube, you know? Obviously, to me, it, it's always felt like someone at YouTube was actively working with him and protecting him. Right. And thank God that it's obviously they're not anymore. He got strikes, right? Right. You think that he's nervous about making videos again now because he's not going to be able to really you know he's going to be very careful of like that line and not yeah. wanting to go over that line of of harassment the idea of him having his his whole channel actually deleted is like the craziest hypothetical i could imagine well think of this scenario leafy got his entire channel taken down yeah. five million subscribers and what i've heard is it was because he made a sexual comment about Pokimane, right? Well, he made like 50 videos in a row about her. Yeah, but I'm it, sure there were some sexual comments I, in there. Apparently, it was the sexual comment that he made. Where I don't know what the comment was, right? Right. I'm like, this motherfucker, he's literally doing this to me right now. Like, none of it makes any sense. Like, a, a different rule set. I'm sorry, I forgot the question. Oh, his reaction when he comes back. Right. I don't know. I don't think he has any options with this beef between me and him left. Right, you know? because, I mean, let's be real. He is extremely popular. Like, his fan base is fucking one of the craziest Straight from on Reddit. the internet. Yeah. And he's really unloaded as much as he could on you over the years i feel like and you know it certainly had an impact it certainly like created like massive waves of anti-keemstar hate over time but it kind of feels like there's nothing really left for him to unload on you so then it turns into the sort of like weird bullying making fun of your dick type stuff yeah he's just He's getting frustrated because he's not getting the results that he wanted. He's been able to fucking take down David Doberg, James Charles, and, you know, have mm. these huge impacts on these other people's careers. To me, not so much, right? Mm. And he's so frustrated. He's trying to figure out some way, somehow. And I think you get to a point where the guy's just like desperate to the point where he's clearly breaking YouTube's terms of service, just going way overboard. And, you know, I don't know. You're really relishing and destroying his family, though, huh? With like his mom being mad at Trisha. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's insane. I have Trisha on my podcast, right? Right. And so instantly, Ethan d desperately tries to put out this thing that he's sad. And oh, he put out a tweet. He was like, I'm not even going to try to make a joke or be funny. This just makes me sad. Like trying to get the sympathy points, mm -hmm. right? Ethan's mom, imagine being 36 years old and have your mom get on social media to defend you. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ethan's mom jumps on Twitter and goes, yeah, I can't believe this. I'm so disgusted with Trisha. I'm not even going to go to her wedding anymore. And so they're in fighting like Trisha and Moses and the whole thing. The whole family is like fighting with each other right now over a beef between me and Ethan. Like the L's he's collecting is unreal. I wonder if that is going to be somehow patched up by the time the wedding actually comes around. <laughs> because the idea that you could be influencing the guest list of the wedding so much. <laughs> I mean... It's hilarious, but also kind of sad, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's so sad. Ethan, like, there's no win for you. It's just all L's. I don't see any way this guy wins. I really don't. I offered him peace. I uh, made this, like, evil fucking Twitter video, <laughs> like a super villain. I said, this is your third and final shot. Like, I do. So, do, yeah. you, do you ever get the vibe that Hila's kind of, like, not down with some of this? That she's sort of just, like sick of her life being this constant drama fueled like it, it kind of i get that idea sometimes and i'm like not watching every fucking episode but it kind of feels like she thinks that this is ridiculous too i don't know i met moses when uh trisha came over yeah and it feels like i don't know they're just like really chill laid back like i don't think they just care as much as trisha I'm, or ethan moses seems like the most fucking laid back dude on earth oh yeah which makes it very confusing like well, you've just really signed up to me on this fucking roller coaster every day by <laughs> dating trisha like and marrying her yeah. we never hear from him he's no. just the silent player in this whole thing no very cool calm collected yeah i mean i don't know it sucks we can't do only fans with trisha anymore i don't know i don't like talking too much about their family uh because you know, that's a whole nother thing. Oh, look, he's bullying my family. Like, nah, I, I wish you and your family the absolute best, Ethan. But does it kind of suck that you can't make a drama alert right now because you're out of town and you would obviously love to be latching onto as much of this clout as possible? It sucks, but at the same time, it's like, dude, I'm on vacation and I'm trending like two days in a row. Like, right. you know, it's cool. Did So when you, the episode isn't out yet, do we know when it's coming out? It's coming out tonight at midnight Eastern. Oh, I asked for the advanced copy. Said Spotify would never let it happen. Ooh, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They won't. Give me an idea that, since the episode will already be out by the time this episode's out, even though we're gonna rush it. But we, what, what was discussed? We talked about so many topics and like just bang, bang all over the place. Da, 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 da. And we ended up bashing Ethan a lot. You know, uh -huh. Ethan has some flaws, and you know we've all experienced them firsthand. Ethan and Banks have had beef. Trisha and Ethan have had beef. Obviously, me and Ethan have beef. And so that was the one common thing that kind of connected all of us is, you know, us criticizing Ethan. So, you know, we talked about many different topics, but that was, I would say, the core of the conversation. Right. Did she, like, for me, it's hard to imagine how she goes from calling you a predator like a week ago. <laughs> to being cool enough to sit next to you and have a conversation. And she defends it on Twitter by saying, you know, I believe in having conversations. I can sit down with somebody that I'm not cool with and, and, and talk about ideas and stuff like that. Like, from your perspective, is it a little hard to take her serious when she's calling you a predator one week and then trying I'm, to be cool with I, you the next week? I absolutely never take anything Trisha Paytas says serious because she's a 2010 YouTuber. Like, she's a troll. <laughs> she's a troll. She understands, like, look, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to have this opinion because you know, this is gonna garner views and attention, right? At the same time, I can't fully discredit her, right? She was talking about her life experience and her dating older men and how, you know what I mean? I'm sure that aspect of it is real, but there's also a bit of troll in everything Trisha does, mm -hmm. you know, which is for attention, which 
I can relate to a thousand percent. You know, that's me as well. If you weren't dating someone and she wasn't engaged to someone and you found yourself single in this moment, do you think that you would have had sex with her just? Absolutely not. And you've asked me this like in private about 15 times. Have I really? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm going to just keep asking because it just seems no. like you guys would probably be on different terms if you would just put your penis inside of her for no, a little bit. No, absolutely not. I'm not attracted to, to Trisha like that. And she uh, she yelled at me for like, you know, calling people ugly or fat shaming or whatever. So I'm not going down that route. Uh, but I'm just like, not I'm type. not attracted to her. You know, she's she's definitely not my type. But on a we connect on a on an old YouTuber level. You know, like I, I really understand Trisha Paytas better than most people on the internet because I've been around and I like I know the era in which she's from. Right. Is Shane going to come back? You think that Shane can come back successfully? Like this is a whole new world for all the canceled YouTubers. Like can James Charles really like make a full fledged mm -hmm. comeback? No, James Charles will never be back to his uh, to where he was. Uh, Shane Dawson may. Shane Dawson's like very very talented, you know, yeah. when the content he puts out and his delivery and whatnot. Yeah. And look, I know he's got a lot of criticism on uh, some of the later documentary series that he's done, but I've watched every single one and I, oh, yeah. I've enjoyed them, you know, so he can definitely come back. And, you know, the rumor on the street is that he is making a documentary about, um, you know, Free Britney and this whole situation. And so, you know, obviously that's a trending topic. It's something that people are interested in. So I think Shane makes a full recovery 100%. Yeah, I guess like, a big part of the question is just like how likely it is that people would like, like I, I think Shane being able to make great content about other people mm -hmm. for sure. I can see him coming back into that role. The question is if people will like love him personality wise, the way that they did before. Like I was, he had a birthday post on Instagram and I commented to happy birthday, like at least partially to just make it clear. I still fuck with this guy. Like I don't give a fuck Same. about him being canceled. I'm going to say happy birthday. When I'm scrolling through the comments on that, I'm not seeing a ton of big names in there. Right. No, I mean, I, I still fuck with Shane. I can't wait till he comes back. I can't wait till he's making content. At the end of the day, he did a lot of fucked up shit. That's a decade old, right? right. You guys supported him. You watched him. You were fans of him. You were stands of him. And all this shit was in the open. It wasn't hidden. Yeah, like, I, don't these even were, think, I don't even think he did anything that fucked up. I it, think he had an edgy sense of humor 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. He has a fuck. The shit back in the day, like 2010, like 2012, like the everybody's comedy and everybody's like shit talk and all that, it would mm. never fly today. And oh, when yeah. you take something from an era and you put it in a new era with new rules, like it's that's... You know. It's stupid. It's a waste of your fucking time. Yeah. Why bother? I just like, I feel like Shane is probably like one of the more unfairly canceled people. Yeah. He did do some fucked up shit though. I mean, some of the jokes were kind of fucked up, but I don't think he actually really like sincerely himself did anything fucked up, right? It was just a yeah. bunch of bad jokes. Well, he had a lot of bad jokes because of his, the way I understand it, and I, I'm pretty sure this is all public, like, uh, he had, he was molested or, or something, right? He mm -hmm. had some type of sexual thing that happened, uh, you know, that kind of fucked with him and how he dealt with it was this edgy humor type stuff and always making jokes and stuff like that, which is obviously like a bad way to deal with it. But he was, ex he was popular then when he was doing all this fucked up shit, right. he was getting millions of views. And that to me 
means you don't get to cancel him for that shit now. If everybody was okay with it, then then you don't get to everybody cancel him for it now. Everybody was okay with it in that era. And just like me, my old trolling videos, right? Everyone was okay with everything I was doing and saying all this fucked up shit in that era, but they then take it and like put it in 2020. Oh, look at Keemstar saying this horrible right. stuff on Xbox Live. You know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know. It's just so not fair and it's... You know, even if I don't think the joke is funny, I just like refuse to think that somebody should be canceled for a joke. Even if the joke seems unbelievably funny, mm-hmm. removed, 10 years removed. It's like if they were trying to be funny, why take those words and, and judge it as if it was a sincere statement of their belief? A lot of it is also these fucking breaks. Like, I don't understand the fucking breaks. A YouTuber gets canceled and they're like, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm out. Right. right. You canceled yourself. What the fuck? Like, don't Jenna leave Marbles. the game. Yeah. Jenna Marbles did not have to leave. Absolutely. Carson didn't have to leave. Mm. James Charles didn't have to leave. You think James Charles didn't have to leave? Or I think it was so hot for him that he had to kind of fall back. From my perspective, it doesn't matter what you do. I, I don't fuck with James Charles. I think James Charles deserved to be canceled. Mm. But from like the business mind of it, he didn't have to leave. No one has to leave. Mm. When you're under fire, take advantage of it. People are going to hang on every single fucking word. You don't have to leave. I don't think James Charles had it in him to be a Keemstar. No, maybe. To really embrace that hate and just fucking roll with it, that takes a certain kind of person. Yeah, but what happens, right? James Charles, everyone in the world is talking about him. He leaves, he comes back, he gets one little hype, and now, like, I've not, I haven't heard James Charles' name in reference to any content he's done since he's been back. Mm. I guarantee his views are not doing that hot. Not hot like they were, especially because yeah. when you look at, like, like, I remember I interviewed James Charles years ago. It was like... There was such an energy around him, like this is going to be the next big YouTuber, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He's doing such crazy things with the makeup, et cetera, that there was like such a buzz around him. And that, you know, he could be a YouTuber again for sure. I, he could get a million views and upload for sure. Yeah, that, I agree. That's not what we're talking about because James Charles was supposed to be something gigantic. He and was, that's the thing that's kind of hard to imagine him getting back to. James Charles is a legitimate celebrity, yeah. right? Like he'd make videos and he's just calling the Jenners on, on FaceTime, like pranking them, fucking mm-hmm. with them. Like he was networked through. All he those was, videos with Kylie. Yeah. He's a legitimate celebrity. But when you take a fall like that, there's no, there's no coming back. He's not getting back. And if he does come back to that, it's going to be like, we're talking like five years out. It's going to be a long, take a long time. Which is so bizarre. Yeah. For just, you know, granted, like him talking to underage boys is fucked up and everything and he should have known better. Well, but, there was a warning. He he got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> he got fucked up with like a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old or whatever. He got catfish, whatever. Still, he was sending stuff and you broke the law and whatever. But the internet gave him a pass. They did. This thing happened and they were like, James, just, I understand what happened. Whatever, you fucked up. You need to get IDs. And he was like, I'll, I'm on top of it. I'll make sure I know the ages. Like, how is there this warning? And then his fucking career from that point in this scandal still is going up. He's still hanging out with fucking the Kardashians and all this. Everything's going good. And you still continue the same. Like, it's so insane to me. He beat the Tati shit, which was like one of the most effective (laughs) cancelings. He lost what? Like millions of subscribers. It was crazy. Everybody remembers that. I remember I was at Rolling Loud in Florida and it was just, you know, James career, James career is just melting down and you're just looking at Twitter. And I remember thinking it was really unfair Mm -hmm. at that time. And I remember PewDiePie was actually the one who put out a video saying that it was fucking bullshit before everybody else. And he beat that and then still somehow just it wasn't 
the accusation of texting underage boy. It was the repeated over and over and there was over. There were just so many of them. You know, yeah. there there was like something, and I don't quote me on this, but there was like four real cases, and then everybody came out of the woodwork, and there were so many different allegations. You couldn't even keep track what was real and what was like for attention and fake. But Deaf Noodles covered every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it occurred to me like if if James Charles's career having that moment hadn't occurred during the middle of the frenemies era yeah that it might not have been as big and as it was and it's so insane because one of ethan's main fucking goals for really going at james and making sure he's held accountable and getting his mob to like fucking tag makeup companies to distance the whole motivation for ethan wasn't like protect the kids he was pissed off because james charles came out with a sweater that was close to his sweater <laughs> remember this shit like his whole motivation was like you cannot make a fucking similar article of clothing like it's right. hilarious how fucking ethan klein's brain works and his motivation it's insane wow that is fucking incredible and the same thing with David. The reason why David got us so bad is because fucking Trisha had beat. Like, yeah. dude, this is it's hilarious. But it ends up like that they get canceled for these like real accusations or things that are rooted in actual mm -hmm. offenses. But then when you really trace it back, it's like everybody getting canceled really stems from some petty yeah, personal some, grievance. Some petty, but if I want to think about <laughs> what happens to James Charles and what happens to uh, to David Dobrik. If there wasn't this previous beef with Trisha and Ethan, mm. like how exactly would that turn out? I, I I don't think it would turn out the same. Yeah, because there's not even another platform that you could compare to that one that cancels people as their like primary form of content that is even close to as big. Yeah, they, well, it was all about hate mobs. Like their whole audience is a hate mob. Today we're gonna cancel this person. Today we're gonna, like it's, it, it just is. I mean, it's insane. Like Trisha right now, mm. Yeah, I mean, most of the, this hate mob is uh, controlled and owned by Ethan, right? And Trisha coming on my podcast, bro, they're hating the shit out. Like the shit that they're saying about Trisha is unreal. Right. Like, but Trisha, at the end of the day, kind of has like the most durable public image because of the fact that she's done so many fuck up things over the years, right. whether it's the fucking she had some N word shit. Right. She had yeah. the fucking the MAGA hat. She had like, you know, the, like just over and over and over throughout the years. Like it, it's kind of probably the most unbelievable thing is that even for didn't that period she, of time that she was the head of the cancellation committee. Yeah. Didn't she change genders like five times? <laughs> I'm reading the dude. I read this article about her in Insider or whatever, and, and they're calling her them the whole time. <laughs> or like they they went to the m movies and I'm like. I, mean, I was having such a hard time comprehending him, but it kind of clicked. Like, oh, it's it's just her. Yeah, yeah. It's but like, confusing. It's so bizarre that they like are taking that. I don't even know if it She's feels like troll. she takes that serious. She's a troll. She's a troll. What about the Chris Chan guy? Everybody's respecting his pronouns as well. Oh my god. Have you been following him throughout his career? I I haven't. Like this this story came up and I started looking into it and I was like, should I cover this on drama? And it's just, it's so fucked up and it's so weird. Like, I can't see me fucking getting ads on any of these videos. <laughs> right. You'd have to, like, really not say all the things that yeah. basically were going on with all that. He's fucking his mom. He's like, what? Oh, my no, God. And his mom, who has dementia and is basically, like, you know, completely incapable of making the decision to be involved with right. this. Fuck. It's just, 
it's 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 that story is just a whole fucking that's a Netflix series. I can't wait. Right. When I was looking into it, someone goes, "Hey, you know, there's a lot of research on this one channel. There's like a 28 fucking part yeah. series. There's like each video is like an hour long or something." I did not watch those. And, and they're like, they're like, "Yeah, this is from like 2010 to like 2014." I'm like, "Wait, there's that many just in that time frame?" Oh yeah, he's still making them each year with Chris Chan. What the fuck? Imagine spending that much of your life documenting this mentally ill person who's clearly just losing their fucking mind but on the I internet. I think in the end, that guy that's doing all this, he's probably going to walk away with a big bag because there has to be a Netflix series. There has to be something. Like, that story is so intriguing and, and, and insane. Yeah, but, like, thinking about what basically happened is basically just this, like, mentally ill person that the internet just kept trolling mm -hmm. and fucking with. And, like, the internet sort of, like, joined together to drive this person insane. That happens a lot. <sighs> On frenemies. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, it's like there's got to be like a common thread here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I wanted uh, so David, like mm -hmm. it seems like he's made a better return to form than pretty much anybody. He's still making videos, still getting pretty comparable numbers of views. Well, a lot of it is guilty by association, right? Yeah. Like he didn't do the the main crime, right? He didn't do the main thing, right. but you know he was there. He kind of organized like people being there you know it's like it's, it's just crazy how how the most simple basic actions get demonized once they're put into the youtube court of opinion because like okay nobody should be fucking a girl while she's passed out or way too drunk right. to make the decision to have sex but ultimately like even when david is getting harassed by that guy who's filming him at the airport or whatever he's saying who bought the alcohol who gave those girls alcohol bro how many times in your life have you had some girls over and bought some alcohol for everybody to drink like this like like this is so bizarre the idea that because you buy a girl a drink that everything that happens after that is inherently predatorial right, right. as a person who spent like a huge percentage of my life just going to bars and just buying girls drinks and yeah. like whether we slept together afterwards or not i'm just like this is so bizarre the internet is so like disconnect it from fucking reality yes. like how people actually think like whatever i don't i don't know it's just it's absolutely insane you know on mom's basement i was talking about my new girlfriend and like me and banks we were basically having locker room talk about the whole scenario or whatever and the fucking internet was losing how you talk to this girl and da 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 is so insane like girls in, in real life like wouldn't fucking be i don't know triggered right the internet is not fucking real life that's not how people fucking move and operate mm. in real life but what it's did just you so say different. with banks on mom's basement i listened to it banks, it sounded pretty standard banks kept on saying oh you're into some new cheeks you're slapping some new cheeks or whatever again banks said this but they always refer to it. keemstar said this it's mm. so insane and so the internet was like that's so disrespectful da, da, da. my girl was right there when i was filming the podcast she listened to the podcast and she's not offended at all like right. she's just like like the idea that you can't use a humorous phrase for having sex. Yeah. Like saying like getting those guts or whatever, you know, yeah. like frequently on the podcast, I'll just like use a more crude phrase for having sex <laughs> than is necessary for comedic effect. See, that's your problem. You should have always called yourself a comedian. Uh, and then you have I mean, the that's ultimate get-out-of-jail card. That's what Ethan has always tried to do. Mm. Self-proclaimed comedian. If you put that out there that I am a comedian, then that can definitely save you If a I lot put that out there, then I don't think I'm, you know, funny anymore. <laughs> Nobody would buy it from yeah. you anyway because yeah. it's not really like your demeanor necessarily. No. You don't seem like you sit around and write jokes. Absolutely not. I mean, every drama that I do, it's like pictures on a screen and I just start talking, you know? Mm.
definitely. What about uh, the conversation with Gabby? Can you give us any kind of uh, insight into how that went and what your thoughts are on her now? Uh, Gabby Han is probably one of the most misunderstood creators on, on the entire platform. And look, I used to I used to hate Gabby because the whole thing with her and uh, Rice Gum and the phone and yeah. she claimed he hit her and he didn't and whatever. Uh, which what Ricegum did was fucked up, wrestled her for her phone, broke her phone. I mean, they're both to, to blame in that scenario. My but favorite part about that was that Romeo Lacoste was like the on-site <laughs> reporter. He was basically working for Drama Alert at that time doing commentary for you. It's so insane how the things have turned with him. But, um, but yeah, um, so we never got along. And I keep these T channels are like fucking like they really bully creators that they don't like. And it's just mm. over any little fucking thing. And so there's one story in particular that happened with Gabby Hanna like a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago, but she was wondering what e-girls look like. So she pulls up this article. <laughs> the girl who died? Yeah, she yeah. pulls up this article about e-girls. Like the story wasn't about the girl that died. It was literally about e-girls and how they dress. And there was this small paragraph about a girl that died and she was like a, a known e-girl or whatever in the community. And, um, you know, Gabby's just talking about it. She's not reading the article. She's literally looking at the pictures because the whole point is to see what they look like. Right. And these fucking T channels start saying, Gabby uh, exploited a fucking murder victim for attention and for views. Like, just going off on this fucking narrative that, like, is just not reality at all. Mm. And that was one of the moments where I was like, okay, they're bullying the shit out of Gabby. Like, this is unfair. And the coverage of her in her own community is just so insane. And so now I'm starting to see like commentators from like my uh, community uh, in the whole gamer bro type section of YouTube. They're covering the story and they're finding out, oh wait, Gabby's innocent. Oh, Gabby's innocent here, Gabby's innocent here. So based on stuff like that, you know, me and Gabby, we became friends and uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of this stuff. and. And I feel like the the internet's like really trying to bully this girl to, to commit suicide. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, honestly the vibe for sure. Yeah. It's so insane how fucking brutally mean they are and they jump on anything. So I don't know, me and Gabby became friends. I had her on the podcast. I mean, we talked about the same stuff that I'm talking about right now. And I really wish that um, the T channels would just give this girl a fucking break. You right. know, she's lost so much. It's weird when I look at Gabby because, like, I, I am friends with her. We're cool. I've been on her podcast within like the last year, etc. I sometimes see her saying things on Twitter, on YouTube, that I'm just like, "What the fuck are you thinking? Like, why would you say this? Why would you tweet?" I can't even think of any examples yeah. right now. But then. You can acknowledge that somebody is flawed and also acknowledge that the way that she's being covered on YouTube it's insane. is it's almost like they've created like a fantasy version of her to just project everything that they hate onto. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the other thing. These T channels and the people that cover her nonstop, they're like you know, pro mental health and mental <sighs> health awareness. Gabby what is, a load of shit. Gabby is clearly... Ha has been going through a mental health crisis and right. they are bullying the ever living shit. Like they don't research any stories and they create a fucking false narrative to make her look as bad as possible. Like what the fuck is happening? Mm. Gabby started fucking with them and like posting pictures of her cross-eyed or, or whatever, right? Because they're all saying she's insane and all this other stuff. And there's like these T channels that are, again, pro mental health are like, she's crazy, she's lost her nine, Gabby's best breakdowns. Like what the fuck is this? It's so mm. strange, the hypocrisy in these communities. 
yo, them honestly feeling like they can say that they are like concerned about mental health with a straight face when they just <laughs> clearly exist to destroy people, but they just want the validation of thinking that that person deserves to be mm -hmm. destroyed. That's kind of like the whole thing. It's like, okay, once we've found one infraction that mm -hmm. we can use to justify ruining your entire fucking life, then that gives us the justification, but it's not any different than bullying when you were in high school and shit. It would be like the, the girl who has her life ruined in high school was the girl who, you know, said one mean thing to the popular girl. So then the popular girls felt like they had every right to ruin her life. I saw that happen over and over and over yep. throughout my life, you know? Uh, one of the most insane things happened on Ethan's podcast, right? He's fucking going at me saying that the boogie I, thing, right? No, no, oh, no. Okay, because that that we'll was talk crazy. About that. We'll talk about That's that. That's crazy. But but to stay on this mental health thing, he's going off and he's pulling up. I had so many bad takes on mental health. I like honestly, truly don't understand it. Don't get it to this day. But I'm trying to learn. <laughs> I'm trying to be better, right? Because right. I just don't get it. Um, but I had so many bad takes on Twitter on mental health and he's fucking roasting me and he's going in like Keemstar's a horrible person on mental health, all this other stuff, right? F I guess fair criticism. And then he brings up the Attica thing, which is over the top and his criticism mm. on that is just, just fucking a, a false narrative that he created. But again, the whole point of him saying this is that I'm bad with mental health. Fucking 10 minutes in the same episode, he goes on to talk about doing an award show and he goes, we should invite Gabby Hanna on for the biggest YouTube meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes later, the same fucking, the same podcast. I was fucking dying. I mean, this shit's unreal. Yeah, I mean, you can't just like, and, and but the people people use mental health as a shield yep. to protect themselves from valid criticism. But then people also like will claim that they care about mental health and be so eager to destroy somebody and whereas, use that as a tool to right. attack someone. And I mean, I feel like you should be able to have a conversation about somebody having done something fucked up on camera and not take it to the extreme of trying to ruin their entire life. Right. Yeah. If you want to talk about that buggy thing, I mean, this is so funny. I mean, listen, like. Ethan has his fan base. He has people who love him. You cannot watch the clip of him clearly thinking it's all good for Boogie to be fucking a 20-year-old <laughs> and then take him ranting for two hours about Keemstar fucking a 20-year-old. Oh. And like, like that should be the moment where you're like, oh, this is all wrestling. Like, this is all theatrics. None yeah. of this is real. None of this is real. The guy is a phony. But the, I mean, to get, give the audience a, a little bit better context, you know, Boogie went on... H3H3, H3, Ethan Klein's uh, podcast, I want to say like two or three years ago. Mm. And Boogie's 44 years old at the time. He's dating a 20-year-old. And Ethan's like, there ain't nothing wrong with that. You do your thing. She's legal. Everything's good. I, at 39, start dating a 20-year-old. And I'm a creep. He like he said everything to the point of pedo. Like everything up to the line of fucking pedo. That I'm taking advantage of her. That all this other fucking weird shit. And like you said, you can't watch those clips and and not understand like fully that this guy's a fucking phony. That clip really kind of just, I mean, I, I don't know how you take, but I wonder like the, his stands, are they capable of admitting that that's crazy hypocritical? No, no it's a call over there. You know, they've all Jeez. got together, the, that fan base, they've all got together and went to war. They're a hate mob, right? Mm -hmm. They're brothers in arms. We're going to go cancel someone. You know what I mean? They're not fucking going anywhere. That His little cult will be there for a while. But I wonder where Trisha goes from here. Oh, dude, Trisha can go anywhere. You know, mm -hmm.
whoever Trisha decides to launch a podcast with, it's going to be very, very successful. The reason why Trisha doesn't do well on YouTube is because it's a constant stream of Trisha much. Paytas, yeah. right? She has her hardcore fans that will watch it, but it's too much for the average person. You need, for, 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 for peak entertainment, you need Trisha Paytas, and then you need someone to play off of. And the, the conversation back is pure entertainment. She just needs another person. Right. Because, okay, do you remember when we had Selena and Powell? I, real quick, yeah. I volunteer. Trisha, if you want to make content with Keemstar, I will, we'll break the internet. That's a great idea, and especially if the content is intercourse-based. But um, do you think – so do you remember – I'm not going on OnlyFans, Trisha. Got Sorry, it. Moses. This is just how it's going to be. Um, but so do you remember when we had that girl Selena Powell and the other girl Eliza, and we had them having a show, and they did maybe three episodes on here? Yeah. It didn't really work out because they were like exposing all of these famous rappers that they were fucking. And at a certain point, it just became like this dumpster fire that we just wanted to separate ourselves from. But that very much occurred to me. I was like, oh, I can just start a show where I talk on camera to like the most unstable fucking crazy ass evil people that I know who had no clout no one knew this girl you she mm -hmm. just came on and look that's that's kind of what Ethan did with like yeah same model know, with same Trisha model. you're like, you're a pretty like you know reasonable like you know normal guy that has a pretty decent fan base you pair yourself with a person who's clearly going through it on a weekly basis yep. and is totally unpredictable and people can't turn away from a car crash the, the 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 win will go to the person who's able to do content consistently with trisha without letting it somehow like affect and and permeate the rest of their right. life because ethan he got way too close to it right away with well, they dude, became they became family i mean yeah that, that that's that's way so, over the top like i i knew this was going to end in flames um but let me give some credit to to Ethan and Trisha. It, this could have been way worse. They're mm. look, I know they're fighting back and forth, but based on these two and how these two are, Ethan always needing revenge and being yeah. petty and da 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 and Trisha Paytas just going off and everything. This should have this breakup between those two should have been way worse. And I I have to give respect to both of them that it's not worse than it is. Don't yeah. you agree? No, yeah. Because it, it should have been worse. fucking horrible. Yeah, because everything that they said about each other was blown up by the media and, and created into all kinds of different traffic, uh, uh, mm -hmm. content, but you didn't really see that much of it. Like, it right. could have definitely kept going for weeks and months. And it should have been way bigger and, and uglier and, you know, respect to both of them. And I think part of that is they are family. They are yeah. literally family, so... At a certain point, you gotta try to save it somehow. I feel like if you did a, a show with Trisha, you need to like never be in the same room as her. <laughs> or if you did it like from like different zip codes, yeah, I feel like that could help a lot. Yeah. I, when I met her and she came over to the studio, she was absolutely lovely, nice to my girlfriend, nice to everyone. I met Moses. Like, ugh, it's hard to like after meeting Moses, like be hitting up Trisha like you said you want to eat my asshole and all this stuff it's hard to like maintain that you want to fuck me you want my Keemstar cock Trisha it's hard to maintain that after meeting Moses because like no I don't want to disrespect the dude like I yeah. just met him but doesn't he seem like the kind of guy who would just be like eh, whatever yeah I, absolutely <laughs> but he's so cool you don't want to fucking disrespect yeah. him in any way no yeah. I, I remember like we did that scene where we hooked up with Trisha and you know it was totally fine kicking it with her she was great to hang out with my girls talking about how, you know, I love Trisha. Like, you know, I just, I, I like her. I like being around her, yada, yada. It was like a day or two later where she's in the craziest all out beef with somebody I can't even remember. And it was just like, we're kind of like looking at our phones, like, 
it's kind of crazy that this is the same person that we were just kicking it with like that she's fucking unloading on people nonstop on twitter like i don't know that 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 to me trish is very much somebody who's she turns her whole life into content and she just does whatever and it's all content and if anything i've really learn to value not always being in the middle of some crazy fucking conflict or having to be that person who has a crazy opinion or take just to court some attention you know it's, right. it, a lot of times it doesn't feel like it's worth it dude yeah uh the internet's always going to need people like that absolutely 100 mm -hmm. percent. you know, like the internet like especially now we're in a time where like if you say the wrong thing, you're going to lose a sponsor. If you mm. fight with someone, if you go off on someone, you're going to lose this, you're going to lose that. The internet's going to need people like Trisha Paytas for, for a very long time, or the internet's going to be boring. It's all going to be fucking... Look, a lot of these YouTubers, they're not even personalities anymore. They're walking, talking fucking commercials. And mm. I'm just... It's annoying. You know, it's fucking... I love you guys. Have a great day. It's all fucking boring. Like, the core of entertainment has always been fucking drama. Mm. Always, 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 always history. All right. If you look throughout history, like when you're in, when you're in class and you're learning about history, what are you learning about? You're learning about fucking dramas between fucking countries and fucking mm. wars and da, da, da. every single Disney movie has fucking drama in it. Like this is at the core of entertainment and you have these huge companies and brands and fucking platforms that are trying their hardest to like make everyone fucking get along but your entertainment platforms you're you need the fucking drama you need bad guys you need good guys and there needs to be war because that is at the core of fucking entertainment yeah like i've read articles about people like at political conventions where you'll have these like real right-wing fucking thirsty ass like 80,000 followers on Twitter tweet all fucking day every day type people and they'll actually go up to like people on the left you know female reporters or, or content creators whatever and really be like we should collab on like a beef like let's just we'll, we'll beef we'll fucking you know argue on Twitter or whatever and we'll both get a bunch of followers like they they see this <laughs> as a real obvious growth mechanic to just right. use to grow your platform to me that's a little bit foreign because like you know like like one of my first videos that I had blow up and got like half a million views or some shit was just me, me basically saying that Fousey was a piece of shit I, that's how and me that's, and you became mm -hmm. friends and that's the first time you ever reported on me and you followed me back after that and I was very excited because I was like okay I finally made something that got acknowledged to that extent but yeah i actually thought fusi was a piece of shit like yep. i actually like was watching what was going on, on the internet and finally found something that i actually cared about enough to make a video about now granted i'm very proud of fusi where he's at today yep. but i mean you know if you're actually mad about something and you're gonna make some content i get it if you're gonna just like do it to stew up some controversy because that's the only way that you know how to Get people to pay attention to you. How know. insane is it from your perspective? Because you were literally at the core of this me and Fousey beef, like fucking years and years mm. ago, right? And then, of course, you know, I did the documentary on the July 15th, uh, <laughs> Hate Dies, Love Arrives, and we went through that whole thing on No Jumper. And how insane is it to you from your perspective that me and Fousey are actually boys? Like, we're launching companies together. Like, it's like a totally different person now, though. He's, don't a, you think? he's a totally different person. Yeah. He always had a lot of potential a lot of star power a lot of motivation mm -hmm. when you look back at all those years that he spent just making crazy ass videos crying in his apartment and mm -hmm. shit it's like i think he had to kind of go through all that 
and you know obviously a lot of that culminated with the july 15th shit right i think he had to kind of go through a lot of that to find himself in a position now where he's thankful for having a platform and being able to do this kind of stuff and make yeah. content and i mean honestly from my perspective i'm just super happy for him because now it's like i'm seeing a version of him that i actually really respect and can appreciate and for a long time it just felt like it was kind of hard to take him serious you know well in his early career, he got a ton of success, and his friend group around him was all fucking fake, yeah. right? And it was all about fucking, you know, the the fake L.A. fucking, I want to be a, a movie star, celebrity type shit. Like, that was the world that he fucking succeeded in, right? And it didn't make him happy. Yeah. He was fucking lonely by himself. He didn't go out and socialize and actually, like, fucking, like, talk to to normal people and make friends. And, like, he just wasn't being his authentic self. And I feel like the Fousey now is getting closer and closer to who he really is. Like he doesn't fuck, he'll talk to fucking literally anyone mm. and make friends with literally anyone. And I, I really like, I mean, he's still got some of this past identity that's haunting him to this day, mm. but he's, he's going through those battles and, you know, I, I fucking, I have so much respect for him and I'm so fucking proud of him. Yeah. So many classic moments though, the, the hairline getting tattooed on his <laughs> yeah. head, dude. Yeah. That was some good shit. Oh, dude. I, he absolutely hates, uh, you know, the documentary on July 15th. He hates all that. But from my perspective, like, I don't care if the internet is picking on me. I don't care if the internet hates me. All I want the internet to do is to say my fucking name. Just please say my name. That's the most important thing to me. And I try to explain to Fousey, you owned the entire summer. Do you remember how long that went on for? Yeah. It was the entire summer. Even the rice gum diss track that came out, fucking hysterical. I mean, this No Jumper podcast when he just rolls up. Best I mean, thing ever. it's just like the whole fucking thing was a goddamn movie. Amazing. And Still he, gets so many views. And he's embarrassed of it. And I and I get it. It was a low point. But it's so important to his entire fucking story. Like, you need to fall down, right? Mm. In order to appreciate the come up, which he's appreciating right now. I just wonder how strong his mental health really is and how likely it is that we could see him sort of end up in a bad place again over the next couple of years. He seems very steady right now, though. I'm legitimate friends with him, and I hang out with him in real life with no cameras, like, all the time. Like, I've been hanging out with him almost every day since we've been in L.A., mm. And I see him going through the struggle. I, I see on a firsthand basis of something bothering him and him trying to deal with it and him trying to get past it and him being a way better person and keeping his mental health in check. Mm. Like he's doing a lot of work to make sure that that doesn't happen. Isn't it crazy when you think about, we used to always look at all these YouTubers who are making AdSense money and we thought, oh, they're so rich, you know, mm -hmm. if you can make a million dollars a year off of fucking AdSense, then you're fucking the richest motherfucker on earth. Right. And now when we look at influencers, it's like we expect them to be involved in businesses that are, you know, like making $20 million a year and <laughs> shit. It's fucking wild, the standard by which, how much it's changed. Dude, if you did a brand deal, like in 2014, you got called to sell sellout, oh, yeah. no matter what. Like there were these Call of Duty YouTubers. That's all they did, all right? Call of Duty would pay them to do a, 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 a an ad for the new Call of Duty or whatever, or, or fly them out to play the new Call of Duty, and their own fan bases would hate on them and call them a sellout. The world has changed so much, all right? Mm. I'm getting hit up by, what is the um, uh, Raid Shadow Legends? I'm being hit up by them. They're offering me like fucking 50K or some, some crazy amount to do brand deals multiple times. Like I'm telling you, they're emailing me like three times a fucking month, all right? 
Because, you know, there's obviously Raid Shadow Legends, but then you have all these other companies that work for them to get these brand deals and out. They, they all hit us up. And then, yeah. Yeah, so you're so getting weird. hit up by multiple. So um, I make a tweet saying that, you know, I've refused this brand deal. The reaction from my audience was the most shocking thing I've ever seen. They're like, are you fucking stupid? Get the money. Do the brand deal. Right. Are you dumb? Go get the bag. Like, I was so expecting sellout vibes and it was the complete opposite. Mm. So I did the fucking brand deal. Thank you, internet. I, I I got a nice bag, but like, it's so insane how much things have changed. Yeah, like, you know, we uh, recently interviewed Sugar Sean, the USC fighter, the one who's always with Steve Will Do It and shit. And I did a dick pill ad in the middle of it. I don't think I read, I read, I read like probably almost every comment. I don't think I saw one person even mention it. It's insane. Yeah, they're all, they've all figured insane. it out. You know, it's like, that's nice though to have the the fans be on the same page as the creators in terms of like, okay, they, they need to make money. But that's why the internet is getting boring now is because the brand money is so good and everyone's trying mm -hmm. to do it, so they're not trying to fuck up. They're not trying to get end up in a fucking controversy. Yeah, I'm trying to be on the other side of that. Now we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash no jumper, and you can literally see women butt naked on this podcast. There was a woman <laughs> fully naked in the chair that you're sitting in right I now saw, yesterday. I saw. You sent us a clip, remember? Yeah, she she bent over and showed her butthole. We had the cameraman <laughs> with the fucking fish eye all up in her asshole. <laughs> I'm just sitting there in the background like, wow. This show moves different. <laughs> Yeah, that's like kind of one thing I realized is like, you could try to keep a clean image and try to court those brands, yeah. or you could just go all in on the filth. You're you're really a unicorn, right? Like, um, is there another like rap, uh, core like rap type podcast show that's like also doing all this other fucking weird shit? No, you're like you got me on, right? You've had Fuzi, like you have the actual YouTuber. I think you had Ninja on this thing, right? Yeah, like well, you, no, but that would be amazing. Oh, you, that has to happen then. He beat me in the poker game too. He won $100,000 and I didn't. Yeah, that has to happen. But my point is, is that um, you've casted a web in so many different directions. And, you know, I, I think it's been nothing but fucking great. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, giving me that boost by shouting out the Fusi video back in the day. I should probably take that down. It's probably terrible. <laughs> but hey, whatever. Um, all right. You got anything big that you got planned that's, that's coming out? Anything we should know about? Uh, I don't even know what to promote. I guess Mom's Basement uh, exclusively on Spotify. We've recently had Trish Paytas. That's coming out very, very soon. And uh, Gabby Hanna. We talk about a lot of shit. It's going to be interesting. Other than that, right. I don't know. Check check me out on Dromler, youtube.com slash Dromler. Uh, subscribe. Ring whatever. the bell. At some point, I'm leaving LA and going back to work. But, you know. And as soon as you get the scoop, you're going to keep us in, in the, the loop, loop. <laughs> thank you Adam. drama alert nation <laughs> keemstar youtube no jumper patreon it's on the screen they probably already ran it only fans as well i guess like comment <laughs> subscribe no jumper.com if you want to support appreciate you keem thank you oh, man. <laughs>